Grace Point Revealed Podcast, episode number 10. Clint, you're the nicest co-host ever. You went on vacation, even though it was last year, and you brought me a maraca tonight. So nice of you. Thank you for that. Well, I couldn't lure you to the cabin to give it to you, so I had to bring it here. Well, I saw into your devious, devious, deviant, that's the word I'm looking for. Deviant. Deviant behavior and i avoided it but you tracked me down to my own residence and that's a little creepy i'm not gonna lie right i i came here because i had to tell you something uh-huh which is <laughs> that's good that's good i the death seagulls i wasn't sure if you were gonna take that approach or if you were gonna say well i was following some seagulls here and then break into the okay. seagull. But I figured no. one way or the other. You're, you're going to get the seagulls. Yeah. You got it. Good. Was it a flock of them? I don't know. I, 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 I didn't get close enough. I just ran. <laughs> I ran so far away. Well, Daryl, that could be the last time. It could be. It, it could be. Um, although, I guess this is as good a place as any to make the announcement here on the podcast that we have decided to do a bonus podcast episode what yes so here's the deal we've already shared we have a great group joining us for our our show live tonight thank you to all of you who are joining us yeah all of our fans are here yeah both of them there's you and me and your mom (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) so here's the bonus episode and and we will release it this week i don't have a date for you it'll be it'll be this this week that we'll release it but it's going to be a bonus episode where we are talking about grace point and broad church just a single episode with several of you ask us if we were going to be doing broad church and i i forgot to in fact i mentioned last week that mark was asking about broad church we never did play that we decided not to do a broad church series for for a couple of reasons i was kind of gung ho about it and then i got spoiled on broad church over thanksgiving that that week off of thanksgiving and the only thing i found out was who did it which is the biggest spoiler i didn't find out how or why or any of that stuff until i watched broad church yesterday my wife and i binged it but Mm -hmm. so all of that to say we're not doing a whole series on broad church but i did watch it Uh, it got released on netflix on friday Yeah, that was great uh carrie and i watched it um actually we watched part of it on friday night and part of it on saturday yeah, it's not that long. I mean, it's the episodes are fairly long, but well, they're forty five minutes. It's eight episodes. It's eight episodes. We didn't rewatch the pilot. I had already seen the pilot two or three times. She had seen it, so we we watched seven episodes. It was short. pretty good. Yeah, it was easy. It's pretty good. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to do a bonus episode this week where we're talking about Grace Point and Broad Church, called Broad Church. Pro, called gr- I mean, Grace I mean, Church. I mean Grace Church. Yeah, I mean Broad Point. Broad Point. Would we'll take your pick. I mean. <laughs> All right, but for this episode, we are not spoiling Broad Church. We are talking about Grace Point. And we're talking about the well, it looks to be the series finale. Although there's a little bit of news on that, I'll talk about. This was directed by Euros Lynn, same person that directed last week, if you recall. I do. Yeah. I do recall. Uh, it was also written by Anya Epstein mm-hmm. and our good German friend Dan Futerman. 
Indeed. Indeed. We got some great yeah. feedback about uh, Euros and Dan and uh, several of the, the creative team uh, this week. So I love that the listeners have so much information and a lot of the, the listeners that are over in the UK, they have more knowledge on some of these folks than we do, unless we're really paying attention, which I have not on, on a lot of this stuff prior to Grace Point. So thank you to all of you who send us in information to become more educated. We appreciate it. I know I need it. Yep. You didn't right. have to like, you could have like delayed for a second. You didn't have to like jump right into that. The yup. Yeah. Well, Daryl, through the magic of editing, you uh-huh. can add as much delay as you want. <laughs> I could. I could put your yup randomly like 15 minutes from it now. Could, yeah, it, it could be in the middle of a sentence. I yeah. could be talking. And uh, then when Tom said yup. <laughs> hmm, you're giving like me great watermelon. ideas. Uh-oh, yeah. That's dangerous. You could, we're going to have, have the yup yups all throughout the episode. Yup. Yup. All right. Well, let's talk about episode ratings. What do you say? Yeah, I was going to get to that, Daryl. Oh. So what did you give this episode? I loved the episode. It wasn't perfect, but the I the second time I watched it, I even liked it more than the first. I gave it nine orange jumpsuits. E- wow. That's good. Yeah. That's a really good rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, also known as Mr. Solo Talk Media himself. Yeah. From Canada. Yeah. I was up in Canada this week. Where are you now? Yeah. What part? Toronto. Oh, I've I've never been there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the snow has. Oh, is it, that right? Yeah, it came to visit me while I was there. It was, oh. it was fun. Uh, Mark gave it seven bonfires. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you'd say it. Yeah, it's for the episode. Now, for the for, series. For, yeah, what did he give it for the series? He gave it nine. <laughs> pretty much. Nine, nine squawking, squawking seagulls. seagulls. Yeah, I had to set you up on that. All right. What about you, Clint? For my rating... No, it may go up after I've had some time. Okay. I gave it 4.5. Mm-hmm. Find my iKiller apps. Oh, I got you. It took me a second. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just a, a GPS lo- location app. Ba-ding. Yeah. Yeah. That he brought up on his phone. Yeah. 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 Well, they passed from one phone to the other phone or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's not why I gave it a 4.5. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that's. Do you want to know why I gave it a four point five? Well, of course I do. Of course you, I do. You're gonna have to tune into the second episode because I I'm not going to talk about it here. Oh, it has something to do with re- how it related to broad church. That's correct. Or how the two shows something. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, let's start our discussion off here today. This is going to be a little bit different, folks, because for a variety of reasons. I mean, a lot of our discussions leading up to this point to this episode have been. How do you take the clues? Who do you think it, it, it is? How does this affect your opinion? And and then it ultimately, the, the podcast episode kind of gets to our theories on, like last week we did our, okay, here's our monk, who, you know, here's that happen moment. We get into the, uh, the prime suspect poll. Well, none of that this week because we know who did it. There's yeah. no theorizing and, and the, there's no prime suspect poll this week because it's, it's Pointless. too late. Yeah, that's right. Except for um, me to gloat. We'll get to your gloating point. Except I think I've gloating. got some gloating points as well. Right. Um, so we're we're kind of going to just talk about the episode a little bit. But I, th- I want to start it out this week with some listener feedback that we got on the finale episode. We have three listener feedbacks. First one coming in from our friend Barb. Here it is. Barb. Hi, Daryl and Clint. This is Barb calling in with final thoughts about Grace Point. I have mixed feelings about the finale. I liked the end when Carver realized it was Tommy and that Ellie knew he knew, and he was coming to get them. I actually expected Carver to die, and the secret would remain safe, 
but I suppose the network didn't know that the ratings would be so much worse than Britain's Broadchurch and thought that they might have a second season for the show. Couldn't kill off Carver if that was going to be the case. I was disappointed by the early reveal of Joe's part in the death and felt creeped out by yet one more potential child molestation view. That was the third time this issue has been raised during the series, and I thought, what? Are you trying to tell us that there are perverts waiting to attack children on every street corner? Is the world that messed up? Really? That wasn't what the show was supposed to be about, but it made me feel like it was. I didn't like that. A twist on the drugs or poaching would have been more believable. This did leave us with some dangling threads. Why would Vince tattoo Danny's name on his arm? That guy is weirder than we thought. Why would Tommy pursue the hiker when he knew that he had done the deed? That makes zero sense. Why would Tommy try to help Danny by swinging a boat oar at his dad when he and Danny had not been friends for a long time, and indeed he had been taunted by Danny? Why would Tommy threaten Paul? The writing seemed to be inconsistent in places, and again, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Now, overall, I liked the series, but the finale felt a little flat. The second time I watched it, I felt a bit more disappointed. But all in all, I'm glad I watched it, but I won't be watching Broadchurch. Anyway, thanks for all your work on the podcast, guys. It's been a blast listening to both of you together again. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks, Barb. Thank you, Barb. Do we want to address any of the questions that she threw out there? I, I, I wrote down four of them. Okay, she, go ahead. She, she mentioned why did Tom threaten Paul? Tom threatened Paul because, well, that was pretty obvious, I thought. Was it not? Why do you think Tom threatened Paul? Um, I think Tom threatened Paul because he wanted to make sure the info on the computer stayed private. Yes. And he thought that he could... He thought that he could threaten impl- him and bully him. Implicate him as the killer. Mm-hmm. He didn't have anything else. Mm-hmm. So he had to say something, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That was a, that was his best shot. That, that's my thought. Same I with think. the hiker. I think that I think that's essentially the same uh, answer there. That the hiker, I think he was no doubt going out there to try to plant some evidence. Yeah, he had the crossword puzzle mm-hmm. in his possession. He was going to plant it in the hiker's mm-hmm. backpack to get him off the hook. I think that's it. Now, why did Vince get the Danny tattoo? You know, I mean, I don't know how it is in the rest of the the uh, lower 48, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's common for people in our state to get tattoos of close friends or family members that have passed away or to put stickers on the back of their car. Sure. Right? Yeah, I think the question is, had, had Mark done that, okay, cool, I get that. But Danny not being blood-related, just a friend, it's you his boss's... Vince? I did, I meant, yeah, Danny. Uh, Vince being not blood-related to Danny, just being his boss's kid. I think there's a little bit of some weirdness there, but I think the sentiment is the same. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, small, it's a small community. Vince is like family to them, right? In a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's kind of like the uncle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and you saw that which could be misinterpreted as creepy, but you know, the way that he took care of Tom and the mm-hmm. skateboard and the way that he helped Danny with the skateboard and, and the way he cooked dinner for everybody, cooked dinner for everybody took Danny camp, you know, hunting mm-hmm. when Mark wouldn't. Right. Didn't yeah. seem that odd. And me. I think that's the key is, is that they went hunting together and spent time together that we never saw on screen. Whenever we, we just heard that they did it. And I, I think it points there to there being a genuine connection there between those two guys an appropriate relationship you know not that he should have been doing that behind his parents back but you know he didn't know danny was lying to him probably what was the last question um 
Oh, she she said it looks like there won't be a season two, and I teased earlier that we would talk about this. In all likelihood, we're not going to get a season two. They they announced, you know, the the teaser leading up to this episode was the series finale. So I think that's pretty concrete. The only thing I saw was over the weekend, if you live in the, what's the name of the community there in, in uh, British Columbia? Vancouver? No, it's, it's, it's near Vancouver, but it's not Vancouver. Whistler? No, it's an island out there. Oh, Victoria? It might be Victoria. Might be Victoria. That's where they filmed, and so they auctioned off, or or not auctioned off, they had a, a big sale of all the set stuff, props and, and wardrobes and stuff like that, which is a bad sign, right? They don't usually get rid of that stuff unless there's no hope of needing it again. But you could also say with the way that this show ended, Grace Point may not be the backdrop for a season two. Um, one of the people associated with the show uh, was interviewed on the local news station while the sale was going on. Right. And she said, we haven't been told that there's going to be a season two. We haven't been told there's not going to be a season two. So we still kind of hold out hope that there will be a season two. So that's kind of the only thing I would say. But I would say, I mean, if it hadn't been for that, I would say no chance of a season two. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think several people made this comment on Facebook, and there may even be a comment, a straight comment here or there in mm-hmm. our in our feedback section as we go throughout here. But if you think about it, Carver yep. has no reason to come back to this town. He's going to go have heart surgery near the Bay Area. Right, right. right. Ellie. She's getting out of Dodge. She better get out of Dodge. She can probably find her job as a detective somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But it's going to just be like, you know, Susan Wright being the transplant. Yeah, and even Joe, he's going to be shipped off to county or, you know, a larger metropolis for yeah. his trial. It won't be held there in Grace Point. Right, so... I wouldn't expect them to come back to this town except maybe just to pop in for a visit. Right. right. That if, 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 you, if not knowing what they would do in season two, I mean, they could, they could still backdrop it in Grace Point and see what the ramifications are in the town itself. Yeah. Because it was very much about the town. This it was, season. it was, but it's hard to believe. It's hard to imagine it without Ellie or Carver, at least one of those two there. And you can't imagine them being in town. I can't. So I think we both agree that there's still reason. It's reasonable to see why they could sell off the stuff and still hope for a season two. But true. You know, like we said, they build it as the series finale. So things like that are, are not done accidentally. So, and it was always built as a 10 part series. Right. And I, I think one other thing that was said in the comments, and I, I don't know who to attribute this to, so I apologize. Two weeks ago, they said season finale. Mm-hmm. This week, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, they said series finale. This week, they went back to saying season finale. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I'm, I apologize for being so, you know, clear, clearly uh, communicating it said series. So, who knows? Okay, we'll find out. The ratings were up this week. They were the highest ratings that the show had received since the season premiere. A little over four million. Um, not so we'll not great, but but not terrible. I don't think this is a terribly expensive show to make, though. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see. We'll see. After the after the seven, uh, you know, uh, live plus seven numbers come in, live plus three numbers come in. Who knows? I would love to see a season two. What about you? I think if they did it right, I would really love to see a season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what I would not love to see, because mm-hmm. Broadchurch is coming out next month. Yeah, months? less than about three weeks. With the season two? Uh-huh. I think January 5th is when it starts oh, on the BBC. I don't know what about BBC America. Uh, February 4th, I think. Okay. So if it's going to be the same thing again, 
mm-hmm. I don't think I would care to see. I don't think that it would be. I think they have to go a different direction because the ending was different. The endings, the endings of the two shows were different. We'll talk more about that in our, in our Grace Church podcast, but um, I think they're they're different enough at the end where they could uh, go in drastically different ways. All right, well, Barb, thank you. Thanks, Barb. Thank you for that. Let's listen Thanks, to our friend Wayne. Here's what he had to say. Hey, Clinton, Daryl, Wayne Henderson here from the Packers Fan Podcast calling in for Grace Point Revealed. Now that the series is wrapped up, and wow, what a strong series finale we had for Grace Point this week. I was starting to, after hearing your podcast, which you guys did a great job on, by the way, after listening to that, I started to buy into some of the theories that the Millers were involved, and it did turn out to be that. However, the backstory of how it all went down was quite disturbing, uh, quite surprising, and very well acted. It was such a strong episode. I feel bad for so many of the people there in Grace Point whose lives are all in disarray because of this man and his son and their actions that night and the things leading up to it. But wow, it was nice to see kind of a happy ending of sorts with Detective Carver deciding to get the heart operation and getting back in touch with his daughter. And so that was one of the highlights but uh, feel bad for Detective Miller. She's got a rough road ahead. But uh, great show, great podcast. Thanks again for doing it. And I hear that Broadchurch might be coming to Netflix here in the States, so now I can watch that show as well. All right, thanks, Wayne. Uh, great, great feedback. You know, it's something I, I I don't think we mentioned in the show notes, so it's a good time to talk about it when, you know, when Carver kind of wrapped up the case here. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like he got a new lease on life. Like he could finally, he had paid his penance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the situation in Rosemont. He could finally move on to bigger and better things. He started thinking about his own health again. Mm-hmm. Started thinking about his own family again. Mm-hmm. It did. It was kind of a happy ending for Carver. It was. Even though he completely and utterly destroyed this town, like Godzilla. <laughs> He's able to move on. You know what? Are we going to circle back around to that? Or do we need to? Because at the end of the day, he caught the killer. The end of the day, he got every single person. He he forced the loss of innocence of every single character on the show. The ones that we that were a part of the show. There's a lot of other people in the town that weren't involved. That's why I said every single person on the show. Yeah. Yeah. He forced but, but, the loss of innocence. Um, but my point is, they are a very small percentage of the town as a whole. He destroyed the town. <laughs> okay. Like I don't think, Godzilla. And our opinions haven't changed on this. Uh, he who, was doing who his the, job. Who are, who are the last innocent people on the show? That we, that we met? Yes. The last um, innocent people. Trying to just do a little quick take here. Going into this episode, the last people that had maintained their innocence... Throughout the show. Uh, you know, the only one I could offer up as an argument would be the newspaper editor. She was threatened because of Susan Wright. Susan Wright threatened her because of what had come to light, because of the murder, because of the investigation that was going on. So you could make an argument that even she was not. Yes, she was already spoiled. But, nah, you know, but that's what I'm saying is this is such a small fragment of the town. Tom and Ellie Miller were the last two to maintain their innocence. 
Oh, I see. I misunderstood your question. And okay. they were utterly destroyed this episode. Yes, they were. In a big, spectacular way. Although you could argue that Tom's innocence was, was gone the entire time. It was just revealed in the final episode. Sure. But point being the same. Um, Wayne, of course, we mentioned already Netflix, is, it's, a, it's got it right now. They, they uh, made it available the day after the Grace Point finale. So go check out Broadchurch now. Um, anything else he said that you want to talk about there? I don't think so. Thanks for calling in, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Broadchurch is out there. Like we said, season two of Broadchurch will be on BBC America. I think on the yeah. Carla in the chat room said February fourth. February fourth. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I, she that's what I see you on that. Call, so. yeah. All right, one more here. This one comes from Mark. I wasn't really satisfied with the ending, as you know. I've suspected Vince for a while now. And I'm completely okay with the explanation they gave as to what Vince was doing and how Susan thought she saw him moving the body. I find all that part with Vince now completely plausible and I'm okay with it. What I'm not okay with is the whole story with Joe Miller. I'd have to go back and watch the series again, but I honestly can't remember any clues that would point towards Joe being the killer. I know you guys have suspected it for a while, but Joe was actually never on my radar. And has there been any clues to indicate that Joe is a pedophile? I don't remember any. So I feel that that whole theory just came out of left field. Now I must say, whenever Joe did confess to being the killer, I thought it was all too convenient and I knew right then and there that he was covering for Tom and that Tom had actually killed Danny. And that side of the story makes complete sense to me. Tom didn't do it out of anger, out of vengeance, out of revenge or anything like I speculated before. It was just an accident. He was actually trying to protect Danny from his own father and accidentally killed him. So I can see how that could devastate Tom and that how Joe would want to help his son out. But the whole Joe-Danny relationship, I don't know where that came from. I don't remember a single clue through the season to indicate that they had any sort of relationship. And I was under the impression that throughout the series, there was going to be little clues here and there to point you towards who the murderer is. So hopefully you two could remember some stuff and point them out to me because I sure don't remember them. Well, clearly Mark wasn't paying attention. If I was <laughs> declaring Joe the, the murderer since about episode four or five, whenever it was. No, I'm just giving you a hard time, Mark. Here, uh, since I did have uh, Joe as, as my guy that long, for me... The reason I pegged Joe was really the dinner, the dinner episode. When he wanted to have Carver over for dinner, it just seemed suspicious to me. But also the marketing that Fox was doing, where they were saying, suspect everyone. I know they wanted us to suspect everyone, but at the same time, it really felt like they were wanting us. They they were trying to hold back. And they were throwing these big clues early on, Susan Wright. Paul and all these other things. And I was like, I don't think they would be that, that forward with, with this information. I think that's all misdirection. So I began to look at areas where they weren't directing, you know, like a magician, right? You know, look at the offhand. And I felt like Joe was the most likely offhand, if you want to put it in in like like the magician metaphor. And that's really what it was more than anything else. It was, was, I felt like Joe was the most likely offhand yeah, I mean, I I I completely agree with 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 your statement. I mean, each week we got suspicion just dogpiled on a character, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, the suspicion was lifted in some dramatic way. Right. Exactly. So that's the that's the process that it took, and I think it, it, you know, again, by the fourth or fifth episode, 
you picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're going to dump suspicion on somebody this episode, and it's going to be resolved the following episode. Okay, now with that resolution, they've dumped suspicion on somebody else. And so you can very quickly look at uh, the cast of kind of main characters mm-hmm. that that you don't think you know had enough suspicion thrown on them for a particular episode. And clearly Joe was on that list. Kathy Eaton was on that list, right? Mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. There's never really any, any suspicion on her or Owen. Owen um, never really had a whole lot. Dean never had a whole lot. Yeah. He had some. Dean had a bunch at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. With the drugs and all the rest of that and the fact that he ran. Right. Um, you know, Owen had the boat thing happen and the funny financial situation with his mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really sufficient enough for Owen. Um, yeah, even with the boat thing, I think all of us really agreed that it, it was likely not Owen, even though he was the one that had most access right. to the boat. It didn't really draw suspicion to him. Yeah, I mean, for us, right? Right, right. Because we're smarter than everybody. But. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, <no>. um, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, everybody, pretty much everybody had suspicion. Uh-huh. Even Tom. Right. Well, yeah. See, and that's the thing with Tom. He had suspicion from the very first episode, right. which caused me to kind of discount him. And I even marked him off my list at like episode three. Right. He was one that I completely marked off. Um, now looking back on it, I, that, obviously that was a mistake, but it made sense. Someone wrote in last week and said, "You know, what if the reason he was then deleting all that stuff was because he woke up the next day thinking his dad had hidden the body and, oh, Danny's body's washed up on shore or whatever. You right. know, we, we know it didn't wash up right. on shore. And so now he's in panic mode. Oh, yeah. well, gosh, that made a whole lot of sense. Yep. You know, and that turned out to be pretty much what happened. So, uh, yeah, so I think Joe, there was a clear lack of suspicion for Joe. Mm-hmm. There are a couple little things, like you said, the dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way that anytime Carver talked to Tom... Joe was on Carver like white on rice saying, that's right. I want a lawyer. What are you asking my son? Mm -hmm. I need to be present. Don't harass my son. Right. Right. I'd say the other person on that list for me was Paul. That you were never really suspicious. No, I was really suspicious of Paul. There wasn't, you know, there was a lot of like weird stuff that Paul did. Yeah. But they never really resolved any of it. Not really. Like so, the way he touched Danny's face on that poster that time? Yeah, which is really creepy, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's why, that's why, you know, Tom, Joe, and Paul, they were my number one, two, and three suspects because Joe had really no suspicion. Mm-hmm. None at all that he was a pedophile. Right. The, the pedophile thing, that thread had, had kind of reared its head in a couple of different ways. Susan's family, Jack's family. Right. We even had suspicions with Paul, Paul, right? But with Joe, I never. I was stunned, shocked beyond belief that that's that's what it turned out to be. Yeah, not that he. It looks like he wasn't technically a pedophile, but he had pedophile inclinations. Sure, and never saw that coming ever. That's a blurry line, but yes. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, Joe was. Every week, Joe moved further up on my list. I think he started at the very bottom, and mm-hmm. every week he'd move up one or two spots. Mm. Tom was pretty close, about halfway through. And and Ellie went and reviewed it in this episode, you know, the fact that they found size six sneakers. Yeah, I had forgotten um, all about that yeah. clue from the pilot. Yeah, which I hadn't. When he's up in Lars, and I think he's planning evidence, that made him really guilty to me. Okay. You know, um, so, so Tom wasn't a stretch. Again, Paul was my number two. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't want it to be Paul. I was glad it wasn't him. I was too. So yeah, I, I, I'm with Mark though. 
I hope that answers your question. In fact, I have it in my notes, you know, so I, I'm watching the, the episode on uh, uh, Thursday night. Yeah, we had a thing. I couldn't watch it live, but we got home from my daughter. My daughter had a concert and I, I fired up and I missed the first five minutes of the recording. I, I had started it too late. And so I didn't see the interrogation Yeah, with, with Paul and, or excuse me, uh, Tom and, and Joe. The first thing I get is when Carver and Ellie are on the beach and he gets the the ping and he starts following the ping and it's like going house by house and you see yeah, and you see you look in the the windows and you see all these people right and yeah. mark has his phone in his hand right. i love the way they did it and my heart is beating because i'm like are they gonna reveal it you know because they have to reveal it pretty early on yeah. and then he gets to the garage behind the house he looks in the house yeah. and he's not in there goes behind it and gets to the garage and joe comes out creepy looking yeah you know and he, he says i'll uh, tell you everything i'll tell you everything yeah. And I'm just like, yo! <laughs> I just like yelled out loud, and 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 Carrie's because Carrie can't watch it yet. She's in the other room, and she's like, shut up! <laughs> and um, it was it was really it was my heart was beating. It was exciting. It was it was there was a lot of information to take in. And then he gets in there and he starts confessing and saying all this stuff. And I look down at the clock, and I don't know exactly because I just hit record on the DVR and left it. Because I actually, I actually, I actually, no, on the DVR, my computer, uh, I actually got home in time to watch it, Yes, but my dad was here. Okay. And so I couldn't watch it. And so I'm like, oh crap, it started and I hit, I hit record. So I have no idea where we're at in the episode time-wise. I don't know if it's 20 minutes gone by, because I don't know exactly how much I missed, right? And, but I still, I look down at the timestamp on it and I'm like, I think if I add seven minutes to this, we're only 20 minutes into the episode. This is too early. I don't have a good feeling about yeah. this. This Joe's not really the guy, and it sounds like Mark had that. Yeah, we got a too. lot. Of, we got a lot of feedback from that. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. on that, um, there was a piece of feedback. Mm-hmm. You know that. Let's well, see. This came in from Emily. I just wanted to share it because it goes to what what Mark was talking. Emily about. with the Y. Emily with the Y. All right, she's in the live show, by the way. Yeah, Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. So she says, I appreciated the way the episode really illustrated how one person's wrong choices can so significantly impact the lives of those around them. Mm -hmm. Clearly, this is illustrated through Joe's behavior, which led to the death of Danny at the hand of Tom, who was trying to act in defense of Danny. And then she goes on to say, and this is really good, if that weren't bad enough, Joe then pushes Tom into silence regarding what happened. Is Joe looking to protect his son? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Tom clearly was not trying to kill Danny, and I would think that the law would not deal too harshly with Tom, given the circumstances of Danny's death and the fact that Tom is a minor. In my view, worse than any penalty Tom could have to pay legally is the prospect of facing the tormenting knowledge of having ended the life of his friend. I can't imagine how Tom could be expected to move forward with his life with the constant accusatory thoughts that must be pulsing through his mind and torturing him day after day. Now, you know, what, what is kind of implied there is the fact that Joe wasn't trying to protect his son mm-hmm. by trying to cover up the murder. He's trying to protect himself. Trying to protect himself. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I do too. That's very well said, Emily, by the way. G- great job with formulating that feedback. Yeah, because if he, was, if he really wanted to protect his son, mm-hmm. he would have gone... Straight into the police office and found his non-wife. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's got a sleeping pill. She's out anyway. Right. So and then said, "Hey, there was an accident. It's my fault. 
my son was taking swings at me and ended up hitting Danny in mm-hmm. the head. Please come quickly. Yeah. I think he's dead. Call 911. Yep. Yep. That's that's absolutely true. And this is really a great segue for something we had on our list later in our notes, but it's it's always, I think, better just to bring it up or talk about it while it's been brought up. So we're talking about the, the legal ramifications here or implications of, of what really should have, could have happened here. I mean, would Tom have gone to jail prison for anything had he actually committed a crime that was punishable by law in your opinion i don't think so i mean maybe he gets charged as a minor for manslaughter but did i say joe or tom you said tom i think yeah maybe tom gets charged for manslaughter as a minor his record is expunged you know, in order for that to go forward, you'd have to find a jury that would convict him. Mm-hmm. And based on that story, provided it's the truth, mm-hmm. which we still don't know, I'd like to point out, because mm-hmm. we've got a different story from Joe with the flashback, right? A it little could, bit. It could have been, you know, you jerk, you took my dad away from me and he mm-hmm. whacked him in the head on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Right. Uh, but with that story, there's no way a jury would convict him. I yeah, and and we also got some feedback on the on the Facebook page that talked about even if Tom was convicted of some sort of crime, it would have been taken off his record when he when he turned eighteen. Um, I I don't know fully how the legal system works. Um, there there was some great. We had a lawyer. Uh, one of our I think it's Cassandra who's a lawyer, and she was providing some great insight over on the Facebook page. Man, we had so many people join our Facebook page over the last two days, three days. Talk about it. Uh, I think we've almost doubled in size, it seems. Uh, Lots of great conversation going on over there. Yeah, I don't think Tom did anything wrong. It was a complete accident. He was trying to defend Danny, if we're to believe his story. Yes. Which that's all we can do at this point. Uh, So, in my opinion, Tom was not going to receive any type of of legal uh, troubles because of it. What about Joe? Yeah, Joe, Joe is going to prison. For what? What crime did he commit? Soliciting a minor? Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, he would try to, his lawyer would try to, to, to argue that, that it was just a, a, a mutual, there was, there was no solicitation. It was just a, hey, let's, when you get back from vacation, you know, like two friends, hey, let's, let's catch up. Because of the age differences, that's going to be hard to argue. That's right. That's what know? I was going to say. You know, where the jury benefits Tom, mm-hmm. it's they gonna, go against. It's yeah. going to go way against Joe. Absolutely right. You know, uh, his lawyer can argue, argue that all he wants, and it's going to be hard. You know, it's late at night. Joe just got back from vacation. He's at a place which is known as a rendezvous point for lovers. Mm-hmm. That he's drawn Danny to. The huge age difference. Yep. Yeah, you know, that might be the only crime I can think of. I mean, it it, it would be hard to prove. Joe swears up and down he didn't touch him in any inappropriate way. Um, there's no way to know. It's it's his word against a dead child, and unfortunately, the child can't speak unless Raymond wants to come in and testify for him. (laughs) I don't think they're going to allow that. Or Tom saw something that he just didn't talk about. That that's true. Yeah. So, so I, circling back around here, in what looks like it's going to happen, although in, in in a season two, this could go any number of ways, right? But what looks like it's going to happen is Joe is going to be the fall guy for uh, as a sex crime and as a, as a murder. 
Yep. And there's a lot of time on his on his in his future behind bars. Yeah, especially since he tried to cover it up. Yeah. Hey, just a quick point. Lemonize three said Tom didn't commit a crime. There's no juries in juvenile court. I just wanted to clarify something I said. Mm. In in any type of crime like this, it is likely that the prosecution will push to try a minor as an adult because the crime is so quote heinous. Yeah, it's twelve year old though. That's I don't know. Fourteen, I, mean, I would say no, yes. There are, twelve. There, I don't there know. are um, there are, you know eleven and twelve year old kids that have killed their sibling uh, that have killed somebody at their school that have been tried as adults for murder but this was not a this was not a uh, an act of rage or of passion like again it was an accident it was of course that has to be proven i guess right so in court and it's again it's joe and tom's word against Mm -hmm. the forensic evidence right right which has now been muddied because the fact that they tried to cover it up Mm -hmm. so it's going to be it would be a I, i would not want it you know Plus, CSI guy is the one that gathered the evidence, so right. I'm sure he mucked up something. <laughs> right. And the fact that he hit on Ellie yeah. may come back to, you know, on him at trial. Yeah. Did he hit on the suspect's wife? <laughs> uh, you know, and looking back on that scene, you want to look at that scene and go, hey, there's a clue that something was not right in the Miller household. But I don't know how CSI guy would have known that you know i i even looking back on it i go hey, i don't think that was a clue i think that was just something what do you think i think it was a clue do you i do we had some great insight on the facebook page and i don't remember who to attribute this to talking about and some of these you may have put into the notes i haven't looked to see what all uh, you put in the notes in, in terms of written feedback talking about how the show had kind of had a central theme and the central theme was the consequences of of, of following sexual passions you know, yeah, I do have that in the notes. Let's uh, do you? It. Yep. Okay, unless you want me to read it now. Uh, well, I've brought it up. Why don't you? Why don't you? Okay, read it yeah. So this came in from Pam Fasig. Okay, um, you know, and, and the question was posed: um, Are you disappointed in the finale? Pam says, uh, "I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm disappointed. The more I think about the series as a whole, the more I see it, see that it had a very strong theme of forbidden sexual desires and the consequences that come from acting on them." Mark's secret was that he had sex with someone who he wasn't supposed to. Jack's secret was the same thing. Susan's secret was her husband's sexual behavior. Paul didn't act on his desire for Beth, but we could tell it was there. When Hugo hit on Ellie, he was trying to tempt her into infidelity. Carver's wife's infidelity led to the uh, led the Rosemont killer to go free and ruined Carver's career. Mm. Sexual desire explains so many of the character's secrets. It makes sense that it explained Danny's death also. Yeah, I like that. Really well said. Yeah. Awesome feedback. Thank you for that. All right. Well, let's circle back around, I guess, um, to, to the top of our notes. These are mostly notes that I made as I'm watching the finale and just trying to process all that I'm seeing um, there was a big clue there at the beginning, which obviously looped back around at the end of the episode when Tom says he never saw anyone else hit Danny. Was that a big trigger for you? Not at all. Yeah. Um, you know, when he said that, I thought, oh, he's talking about Mark. That's what I thought too. Yeah. So, yeah. And e- even when Carver was replaying it, I mean, I knew where he was going to go with it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it was more the body language than the words. And it was the body body language, right? It was the, um, mm-hmm. am I saying the right um, thing, dad? Oh, my dad. Mm-hmm. Help me out here, dad. Yeah. 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 But, but no, it was not a big clue for me. Okay. Me either at the time. 
Uh, we see that Carver did indeed come to Grace Point as a kid. I, you know, the only thing I can see in this that was important was that it validated every single thing that Raymond ever said. Yep. So, because we did get the question on the Facebook group, was Raymond legit or not? And as far as I can tell, he was, he was. legit. He was a legit guy? Yeah. He was too legit. Well, he didn't quit. That's right. Even after he was threatened not to come back. That's right. And it seemed like he was really trying to help help people out. Yep. It could have gone a couple of different ways. Like we predicted that possibly he was involved with Rosemont, and that's how he right. knew those details, but not the case. Turns out he was legit. Hey, real quick, you, you, you skimmed over something you had in the notes here. Oh, did I? And there was a comment. I don't remember if I included it. Let me check real quick. No, I apologize uh, for stealing this but but i thought it was really interesting um, there's somebody that listed on on the facebook page they mm-hmm. went through and listed let me make sure it's not eric okay um so they went through and listed all the all the things that they didn't really like about this episode and things that that didn't make sense to them mm. so you know you listed that danny had insulted tom via email which was mm, yeah i did see, i did skip over that you're right it, yeah you know a a clue, right? I guess we got that at the eleventh hour. I mean, the very next scene. Uh, it, well, the very next scene is, is Ellie and Carver on the beach. The very right. next scene is is Joe right. turning himself in. So we didn't get a lot of chance to process that, really. Right. So the the question that came in via uh, Facebook uh-huh. was, if Danny was being mean to Tom, mm-hmm. why would Tom defend him? You know, I think that. If he felt like his dad was was being a predator towards Danny, yeah, I mean Tom's a good kid. Danny's a good kid, yeah. Uh, and I think that they, even though they had had a falling out, that doesn't mean you stop caring about th- that person. Um, kids, kids say things all the time that are mean to each other, and then they, you know, Addison will come home one day. She's twelve, about the same age as these kids, and say, "Yeah, so and so, I aren't aren't friends anymore." Um. You know, she said something, and and I said something else, and now we're not friends. A week later, hey, can I stay the night at so and so's house? I thought you weren't friends anymore. Yeah, well, we, you know, we decided to be friends. You know, it's just that's just part of the, okay. the deal. I don't think there's anything of that. So you don't think it points to the fact that Tom was lying about how things went down? I guess Tom, it, Tom didn't actually say what went down, right? No, we we saw the flashback. The flashback. Yeah, was the flashback indicating that? what he was telling his mom. That's the way I understood it. Okay. So it could be that he was lying. It could be. I don't, you know, and the, the emails don't make any sense. You know, you're a follower, you know, those sorts of things that, that Danny was saying uh, to Tom. I don't, I don't have any, I don't know what to do with that. We didn't see. Yeah. Any, well, you know, you know, he did say, he said, your dad's bored with you, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that was a pretty big indicator. That sure. was pretty telling. Yeah. In my mind. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We read too. I don't think we got the emails fully explained. I don't think we saw enough behavior or interaction between the two kids. Okay. uh, To be able to fully understand that. All right. Well, let's go to your next comment, which was about Lars. Well, this is real quick. We now know that know that Lars and the crossword books were a total red herring. Uh, The crossword books did tie into Danny, but other than that, I don't. I don't know the significance of them unless I missed something. But Lars was a complete red herring. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I I think that what they did in Grace Point was they set up Lars, you know, they 
they didn't have enough to hold him, right? They gave us reasonable doubt with Lars because he was a little bit crazy. Tom used him. You know, we got the whole story with Tom being missing because Tom was trying to cast suspicion on Lars, right? He was a, right. He, he was a reasonable person. He was outside of town. He wasn't hurting any of his friends. Mm-hmm. He could cast suspicion. Yep. Right. Got the info from his mom. Yep. yep. So that's what I think that was about. Yeah. That's what I think that was about. Yeah. That's all there was to it. I mean, there wasn't any real connection to the crime, which I guess you could say about that, that about anybody that wasn't connected to the crime. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Joe has the phone. We saw that. Yeah. He says he only came clean or I say he only came clean after Tom became a target. Had, had Carver continued to look in other directions. I don't think Joe would have come clean when he did. I don't think it was because he was wrestling with guilt or anything else. I think he saw Carver looking towards Tom and said, I can't do this. I got to turn myself in. You know, it really depends on if you believe his story or not, because he claims that he tried to come clean the day before in the cabin. Do you buy that? I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. I think he was overcome with guilt. Yeah, gosh, I I didn't factor that into my comment. You might be right. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. All right. Before we go any further, we got um, a, a just a couple more feedbacks. Okay. This one comes in from Eric. Um, you know, Eric was a little frustrated at this point because he said there's no real indication prior to this episode about Joe's involvement. Sure, he was always high on your list, but was that, was that really based on anything more than just a general feeling that he seems a little suspicious? Can we really look back on any of the episodes and say, look, that's where they showed an indication that Joe and Danny had a thing together. Uh, maybe it's there and I'm not remembering it, but it made the whole show seem like nothing more than a string of red herrings. And man, we've already heard this in the in the audio feedback, mm-hmm. right? Mark said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people had this sentiment. Um, and, you know, we've already addressed it. I don't want to I don't want to belabor the point any any more than we have to. But um you know, that kind of was the structure of the show. It was, it was, we set up a red herring this week and we resolve it this week and set up another red herring all the way down the path until you've almost eliminated all of the quote prime suspects. There are only a few left and then yeah. they did the reveal. So I, I personally, I kind of like the structure of the show. Well, in, I'll s- in that sense. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I didn't, I don't necessarily like it for 10 episodes. Okay. Okay. Um, this isn't spoilery, so I'll say it. I actually preferred the 10-episode format of Grace Point over the 8-episode format of Broadchurch. Really? Okay. I thought the pacing that each of them brought within the time structure that, that 8 versus 10 gives you, I liked Grace Point better. Um, and I, I, We said this just a moment ago that the I said, well, Lars was a complete red herring, and then I said, well, I guess technically everything was that wasn't directly connected to the crime. And I think that's what Eric is saying here. But when you think about it, I guess that's the way a real investigation works, right? Yeah. You have all these clues. Some of them are completely related to the to the crime, and some of them are completely unrelated to the crime. And you have to suss them all out, investigate them to their end. Sometimes it looks like there's a connection there, and it turns out that there's not a connection there. So, you know, I guess that's all right. 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 I mean, you have to, you have to, um, you know, and I think that's what Carver says at the beginning of the show, you know, Mm -hmm. you're too close to this thing, Ellie. Um, You know, you have to kind of put away your own personal feelings Mm -hmm. and just look at the facts. Right. Just like Joe Friday, just the facts. Just the facts, man. Yeah. And then you have to allow the facts to to lead you to the conclusion. Right. 
and I think instead Carver took the scorched earth policy, which is just poke everybody <laughs> with a with a sharp stick until somebody breaks. And yeah, ten episodes later, somebody finally broke. Yeah, I guess. I guess he got his person though. He did. Got his man. Got his man. Yeah. Um. When it was revealed that Joe was the what what Joe was doing in the hut. I wasn't prepared for that. That was pretty creepy. When he touched Danny on the on the fa- face, put his thumb on his lip like yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yeah. That was pretty disturbing. So, um, let, let me ask you, mm-hmm. moving very quickly past the creepy part. Yeah, thanks. Danny doesn't like it. He runs out. Right. He hit his hand on the nail, by the way, the screw, which yes. was something I had predicted. And I felt good about getting that right. Right. Was that satisfying to you to have, you know, the opening scene, the blood dripping, He's standing over the cliff. Mm-hmm. Was that satisfying? As far as bringing it full the, circle? The and explanation explaining? of why he was bleeding and standing next to the cliff. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. look, Clint, what, what I, when we played Monk last week, yeah. what I said was Joe and Danny met at the hut because Danny had been meeting with Joe with drug dealing. Okay. Danny wants to get away from it, and Joe doesn't want him to break away. And in that, Danny's trying to escape. He cuts his hand on the hut and... There's a kerfuffle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. You just replace drugs with creepy pedophile stuff. Uh, so I felt really good about that because that's kind of what I had predicted would happen. I just never saw the pedophile thing coming. So let me give you... I'm going to give you an alternate theory. Okay. Right now. Lay it down. What if you were mostly right? I was mostly right. Now let me let me play this the scenario out with you. Mostly right, but in a different way. Okay. Okay. There is drugs. There is drug dealing going on. Mm-hmm. Danny's involved. Tom is involved. What happened happened pretty much the way you you said it happened, except for the fact that it was Tom and Danny at the hut. Danny tells Tom, "I'm out." Mm-hmm. You know, I had time to think about it. We guys are on vacation. Tom gets mad, hits or kills Danny. Joe, completely uninvolved in anything but the drug part, mm-hmm. right? Says, okay, Tom, I got this. I'll cover this up and invents this idea that he's a pedophile because that's the only way to relieve all suspicion from Tom. Because if there's drugs involved, there's going to be further investigation. Well, you know, what you say makes sense, except knowing what happens to pedophiles in prison, I don't know, man. I don't know. I would try to try to come up with something else besides that, uh, that that would draw suspicion away from my son. But I also think the emails pointing back to Tom and Joe, I think, incriminate Joe in, in what we saw. Only insofar as they were related in this drug trade. And Joe is trying to convince Ellie that he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's willing to go so far to call himself a pedophile and go to prison to protect his son. He's willing to take the rap for his son. That's why he said he's a good guy, which he's not. He still did some inappropriate things. Because he's not a good guy. No. Unless that scenario is true, the drug scenario. But then he's still involved with drugs and yes. using kids to help him. That's not a very good guy. Yeah, but he's... That's a huge leap to go from... Small-time drug dealer to, I'm willing to call myself a pedophile so my son doesn't have to go to jail. But that's exactly what you're proposing. So I'm saying, that is, that's a good guy type leap. Hey, I did something wrong, but let me way overcompensate for it. 
I think you're overcompensating with that theory. You're overcompensating <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> All right. It was a stretch. Yeah. I had to go there. All, All right. right. Uh, this is, I mean, I made a note here. Joe was at the hut. That would be weird. You just killed their son and yep. then he shows hey. up. That would be pretty freaky. Uh, the money got explained why Danny had the money. It wasn't the drugs. It was Joe gave him money to uh, so he could stay off the books. With his- Hey, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. How much is your cell phone bill every month? Ballpark? Uh, $40. Okay. So that was like a year and a half worth of cell phone bill money. Well, I think I'm on Virgin Mobile. It's real cheap. You know, I'm on Wi-Fi 90% of the time, so it's, it's fine. Uh, not that I don't get good coverage when I'm not on it, but... Um, I think most people pay around $70 a month. Okay. So however many that is. Eight months. Yeah. It's a lot. At one time. Mm-hmm. Seems a lot. Seems Not if you explain, he said, he told Elliot it was for repairs. So rather than drawing here and drawing here and drawing here and drawing here, let me get it once, um, uh, lump sum. You give the kid three months worth. Yeah. So he doesn't blow it. I was okay with the explanation. No, I wasn't. Okay. I think it's shady. I think it's still drug money. All right, whatever. Uh, we learned that how the fence got cut. That was by the poaching uh, yep. that Vince had done. Hey, we, hey you got to give us credit. We were totally right on mm-hmm. that. A lot of people predicted that one. Yeah. Okay. So Some of my favorite moments of the episode were when Carver told Ellie, and then when Ellie confronted... Joe, both of those scenes, I got a little, got a little teary. Got a little, eyes, eyes got a little glazed a little bit. Drink a little eyes water. <laughs> they were powerful, and both of them were, were really well acted, primarily by Anna Gunn. Yes. Um, although uh, Tom's reaction, the one time he's just cowering and getting yeah. kicked, but you know. Um, Joe's. Uh, yeah, Joe was, yeah. yeah. Uh, but David Tennant did a great job. Everybody did a great job, although uh, those were Anna's scenes to own, and she did a great job, I yep. thought. That's a good payoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then and then after that, Ellie f- talks to Tom, and she figures it out. Yeah, because she's finally a good detective. All this training that she's gotten is finally <laughs> starting to pay off. Finally starting to suspect pay off. everyone, even yeah. your own son. I liked the way they did that too, where it cuts back to the shoes, and then she looks at Tom's shoes, and that she had seen the magazine earlier, and now she realizes there was a connection there. I liked it. She she sussed it all out. Yeah. I mean, okay, so give her credit for that. Here's mm-hmm. what I don't understand. Maybe I don't understand. Okay. Okay, I guess one or two things happens, right? She thinks that she's actually protecting Tom by not coming clean with Carver. Because in my, in my mind, I would have just come clean. Hey, Tom was there. He was involved. There was an accident. Tom whacked Danny with an oar. Let's move on, right? You go in, you sign some paperwork. Yeah. You, you, that's an argument. Right. Right. I mean, come here's, clean. Tell the truth. Here's a counterpoint or a counter argument. My husband, I thought I knew this guy. Yes. For eight weeks, ten weeks, however long it's been going on. I've been sleeping with him every night. And he never, ever said anything. On top of that. He's got inappropriate struggles with children. I think that sucker needs to rot in jail. Forget it. Forget him. I'm done. My, I'm taking my kids, and I'm getting away from him, and I'm getting away from this town. Okay. I think that's the way she felt about it. Because to, to take the route you just said where she tells the truth is, is probably going to 
bring leniency towards Joe. And in that moment, she probably doesn't feel like giving Joe That's any true. leniency. I can see that. But at the same time, it's going to really screw Tom up. That's right. It sure is. It would be, I think it would be better for Tom for the truth to come out and let the process run its course and begin healing and not yes. just go through a continued life of cover-up. Yes, exactly. I completely agree with that, man. All right. And who's to say that it, that's not what would happen in, in, in down the road, you know? Because Carver had a look on his face like, oh, I figured out. I know what that look was about. I'm going after Tom. Yeah. Because he's, you know, you, you like to say he's going to, he's got, he found a little bit of earth that hadn't been scorched yet. That's right. And he was going to lob another missile. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So this feedback came in uh, from Eric. He says that they had the father covering up for the son. That has become a typical thing in police procedurals. And I knew that when Joe confessed early in the show, it was going to be covering. It's going to be him covering for Tom. Not even remotely a twist at this point, but very much expected. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that? True? True, true? Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah, I felt the same way. Yep. I did. All right, we got some other great comments from Facebook. You want me to just run through those? Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Um, I think that's it. I think, well, let me scroll down and just make sure. Scroll button. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Um, I've got a couple of things here at the very end, but let's, let's get into these other things you have here, I think. All right, this one comes in from Brian. Brian says, I was, I was expecting that the evidence presented in the show's first nine episodes would lead us to motives and methods for one or more suspects. Mm-hmm. But until the finale, I did not see evidence. Again, this has been said several times, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, that'd make me expect Joe's behavior. It was like a Harry Potter movie where you don't know all the particulars till the end. As for the ending and the fade out, I thought it was similar to the Sopranos finale. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Or he had to infer what happened next. He didn't mention anything. There was no spoiler there. He didn't mention about Harry Potter being a vampire and the other guy being a, a, a werewolf. And they were fighting over the girl. He didn't mention that. Daryl, that's that's not what happened. He's talking about the Sopranos. Oh, where, I got mixed up on Harry Potter. Yeah, where they had to, they had to pick one from each of the mob families. Uh-huh. And then they put him in the Serena and they had to battle to the death. Was it like a singing battle? Until there was only one that was that was victorious. Mm-hmm. But then there was two that were victorious from the same mob. And then they said they were going to eat the berries. And then uh, they canceled it. And so both people from this that one mob family got to live. I got you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> says, so one minute you're lamenting about uh, being ex-detective and the next light comes on over Carver's head. And we know he will pursue the truth no matter what. This type of ending spared, uh, spares us the added pain of prosecuting a little boy uh-huh. and further destroying a family. It's more visceral in our imagination. I thought that was really good feedback. So even if we don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's what caused me to like it more the second time. My first reaction was, what? How could you end it like this? We're not getting a second season where it's going to be unresolved. And then I thought, well, you know what? And, and partially it was because of this. He posted this on Facebook. And yeah. I thought, and he, he gave the Sopranos um Right there, like you say. And I thought, you know, that's a good way of looking at it. We liked Fringe. It didn't answer all of our questions. Yeah. And we liked that our imagination was left to answer some of those. We, you know, you and I both liked season six of Lost and the way it ended. And it, a lot of it was because, you know, it gave us a great recap or, or kind of put a, a cap rather on the characters and left us up to the imagination to what happened with, with the rest of the, the people that were on the island. So very similar thing here. Wouldn't you agree? 
I'm not acknowledging that there was a season six of Lost, <laughs> but if I were to acknowledge it, <laughs> the final episode was a razor blade that cut open my femoral artery of the show's closure and just allowed it to bleed out into oblivion, squirting blood <laughs> until I fainted from the ridiculousness of the show. Uh, so moving on Jersey says I was hoping for an in-depth ending drugs cash Ellie's sister being an addict the Uh newspaper owner Uh and I was hoping it would all come into play there could have been so many better endings I felt what they chose was predictable and disappointing I didn't feel like it was predictable I mean up until the final episode I I didn't see it coming uh, especially the twist with with what was going on I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more wrap-up with the townsfolk, though, some of those things that Jersey's talking about there. How you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, and there were a couple of other uh, comments here, mm-hmm. different uh, endings. Kevin Finn says uh, he liked the ending. Carver has reverted to form, but more so, he knows that Ellie lied to him, plus that musical cue at the end was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Ellie knows that she has to find her inner strength to finally stand up to him if she wants to save her family. To me, imagining the fireworks between the master and the student is better than actually seeing it. Mm. Um, things of sexual mistakes, referring to Pam's comment earlier, mm-hmm. the loss of innocence really came out in the last episode too. Ellie was the last real innocent, except now she's not that either. Oh, I see where you got your previous point from. Mm-hmm. You stole it from Kevin. I stole it from Kevin. That's right. Thanks, mm-hmm. Kevin. Uh, Rose Jenkins says the ending was great. The facts of Danny's death were finally revealed to us. I can see Ellie protecting her son. Carver's expression in the last seconds was scary. It left no doubt that he was going to pursue it further. Mm-hmm. I'd love a second season, but I don't need it because I think I know what will happen. I'd give it an A+. Mm, awesome. Thank you, Rose. Rose also left a, gr- a ton of great feedback on our Facebook group page today. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. All right, there were a couple of, you know, loose ends that I really, you know, the whole situation with Paul yeah. was was one of those loose ends. You okay. know, I think we got the explanation why Tom was going into the woods. He was going to plant evidence. Yeah. We don't know how Paul found him so easily. Well, no, we don't. And it did seem like there was some sort of communication going on there that we talked about at that during that episode's uh, discussion. Maybe it was just coincidence. Maybe the Lord led him to Paul's location. With a compass. Yeah. And using echolocation. Maybe so that he himself wouldn't get lost. That's what a compass is for, is it not? It's not usually used to find something unless you're following a map. Unless you're following coordinates. Yep. But it can also be used to make sure that you are not getting off of your... go 50 paces. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you're following a grid or you wanted to search in a, in a general direction, it's easy to get turned around. You know, I guess that's true. I'm he, playing devil, devil's advocate here. You yes, understand that? Yes, and he is the devil. He, <laughs> uh, you know, he was a he was a what are those guys called? Priest? No, Boy Scout? No, uh, child molester. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he was he was one of those. So he probably had some training about you know. Doing a search by grid, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, didn't really explain, in my mind, the creep factor, right? He was creepy. Okay, it's just kind of all glossed over that. And the thing that really grinds my gears mm-hmm. was the fact that, you know, Mark had been on him all season long. Yeah. He's been creepy about Danny. Yep. 
He's being an attention whore, if I can say that. Why not? He's he's really being creepy towards Mark's wife. And then all of a sudden, oh, he sets up a bonfire and everything's okay. Uh-uh. Well, I think you and I would both agree that Mark was being too critical of Paul. He wasn't even giving Paul the benefit of the doubt on anything. True. Now, we did see Paul. There's no question that Paul had feelings for Beth. They once had a relationship in high school. but And while Paul, when he sniffed her hair and kind of held her a little bit longer than he should have, you know, that's probably something that he regrets. But at the same you time... Think- yeah, I do. I think that I I I do. And I think that uh even then uh, inappropriate, yes. Immoral, no. You know, so I think that that Paul was shown to be a real person with with feelings like a real person has, struggles that a real person has, but at the end of the day not acting upon those temptations to turn those temptations into sin. And he was trying to to prove that to Paul or to 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 Mark, the gesture that he did with the bonfire was was to try to show the family that there's there's a larger community at large here that is mourning with you, and I, I think it was a, a an act of of kindness towards the entire family, completely selfless. So you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely, I am. Absolutely, yeah. and I think Mark finally saw that. Does that mean they're going to be having family barbecues and inviting Paul over? No, but I think it might mean that that Mark might turn tone down his his uh, anti Paul rhetoric, his, his tongue towards uh, his tongue lashing towards Paul. I don't agree with you, but we can we can agree to disagree on this point. Okay, I All still right. think Paul was creepy. He was creepy. I'm think, not arguing. Against I think he's that. going to continue to be creepy, and I think the bonfire was just to throw Mark off the scent. No. If you will. Now, Mark probably is not as upset at Paul because they finally resolved Danny's killer. Right. Which I understand. So you think that, that Paul had the other people light the bonfires purely out of selfish reasons? Yeah. I pity you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. The same reason he got in front of the cameras. Because he's an attention whore. Yes. All right. I disagree with the okay. bonfire. I won't disagree with the cameras, but I'll disagree with the bonfire. Just just based on what we've seen from him in the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We could we could have seen the worst moments of Paul and he could have had some better moments, right? Mhm. But I don't think so. Okay. That's something we'll talk about on the next podcast. Yeah. Okay. The, the, so it looks like the chat room is just now getting to our, our comments about uh, how long he held her. So we'll see what they're where, how they circle back around when, when they get to where we're at now in the conversation. So. Okay. Uh, some other things here as we're wrapping up the episode. Loved the scene between Mark and Joe when Mark goes down there. That you know Carver <sighs> tells him who it was. Mark goes after uh, down there. Now I don't think that in re- in the real world I don't think that. Mark would have been allowed to see Joe like that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't care. It was powerful. It was great. Well, that was my favorite Mark's uh, uh, Solano. Help me out. Not um, Pena. Um, yeah, Michael Pena. Thank you. Michael, yeah. uh, that was, for me, that was his best scene of the entire series. It was a good scene. I agree. I really mm-hmm. do. I think uh, I think it was a a very powerful scene. You could certainly detect all their emotions, especially when they went from. Carver telling the family 
to having Mark Solano show up at the jail. Yeah. And you know, of course that would never go according to protocol, right? Right. But, you know, you pay somebody. Small town. Small town. Hey, you mm-hmm. know, these police have been after the killer. You find out who the killer is. You can give the dad five minutes. I could see that happening. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I thought Joe's comment of basically going, hey, man, I did you a favor. I put the body where you'd find it. Just showed how how off, out of touch reality. He was trying to justify his actions. That, that's a desperate comment. If 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 I'm in Mark's position, I would find a way to break that door down and go punch that guy yeah, exactly. senseless. You're going to justify what you did and try to make yourself look like a good guy? Exactly. I put your son's dead body where you'd find it. Come That's on. Right. Did br- you a favor? Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing a gun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got five minutes. Let me just run home real quick. Yeah. It'll remember, only take two seconds when I get back. Remember when we ripped into Mark for him when he, he tried to turn the table into Beth for his own affair? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he. That's what Joe was trying to do. Except no. it was ten thousand times worse. No, I killed your son politely. I was yeah. really, I, you know, yeah. It's like I set the fork and, and the knife and, in the right you spots. Know, and you led me to do this because you weren't being a good father to him. That's you right. hit him, by the way. Yeah, it's your fault, not mine. That's right. You drove him into my arms. Yeah, my child my molesting. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, um. Okay, but then Ellie visits Joe confirms tom's story aren't those calls recorded or is there some sort of spousal i think yeah i don't think they can record the card the calls okay i thought they were recorded i thought that was could be incriminating so it's a yeah the spouse privilege thing okay i'm guessing i don't know okay well and i think it was our lawyer friend cassandra mentioned in the in the facebook group that there was a spouse privilege thing which i didn't know existed which you Right. If you commit a crime and your spouse knows about it, they are not obligated to testify against you. Okay. That's one of the benefits of marriage. Oh. One of the many, I might add. Um, when, when, when Ellie and Beth meet, and, you know, when uh, Beth first, she shuts the curtain, I thought, oh, she's shutting her out. That's it. But then she comes down, and I thought they were going to have a hug and I a thought weep. So too. Hug yeah. and weep. We're both victims here. We've both have had our families torn apart. Nope. Nope. She delivered the line that I thought Susan would circle back around to. You're a cold-hearted snake. Look into her eyes. Uh Uh-oh. He's been telling lies. How could you not know? He loves boy and plays. Turn around. Walk off. Ellie's look on her face was perfect, too. She had a mic. She would have dropped it. (laughs) She would have. Beth totally dropped the... uh, figurative mic in that moment yeah it was a good scene yep glad they circled back around to that line so do you feel at the end of the day do you feel like justice was served no 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 i want tom to come clean for his for for the sake of justice or for the sake of tom's for justice okay really that's justice but tom didn't commit a crime in my opinion it was it was an accident it was a complete accident obstructing obstructing justice is a crime yeah you're right about that you're right about that i you know I, that's so much that's so much in my mind so much minor compared to the death of a child of, of anyone um he was a child making childish decisions based on a very heroic gesture yes 
and also based on the prompting of his father. Right. right? So right. I don't blame him. I think the right guy is behind bars. I guess that's why I, I feel like just the right guy is behind bars. Yeah. But I think in my mind, you know, I'm taking kind of the opposite tack here, Daryl, that mm-hmm. in order for Tom to be fully cleared and have a fully clean conscience as he should, what, what happened needs to come to light so that Tom can move on. Right? I agree with that. Cause now he's got the death of Danny and that secret writing on his conscience. Mm-hmm. He also has the fact that his dad, however messed up is now going to rot for longer in prison because mm-hmm. of him. Right. Yeah. That's going to be hard to deal with. Yeah. And Rose points out Rose is in the chat room. She says, you know, trying to implicate Lars. I mean, that that's a different level, I guess. Of I mean, just plant. Well, that's the same as planning, I guess. I don't know. I guess I'm contradicting myself, but it's planning evidence. I, at the end of the day, I come back to the right guys behind bars. Tom made some mistakes, but I, for me, I only want to see Tom's story come out for his own benefit. So he doesn't have to have this secret for the rest of his life. And even if he has to go to jail for six months for the obstruction or uh, whatever. Yeah. Obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he was trying to plant evidence, I don't know if that would ever come to light. Although I'm pretty sure Carver would bring it up. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Right. Yep. So, and now Ellie's going to go to jail because mm-hmm. she's obstructing justice. Right. And now poor Dylan. If, if, if they find out that she knows. Yeah. Dylan's going to so. go to child protective service because mm-hmm. mom and dad are both going to be in jail. And in 20 years, we'll have Grace Point part two. That's right. <laughs> where, where, uh, where Anna Ellie. Gunn is playing the part of Susan Wright. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Here's what Mark had to say about Joe being behind bars. Joe in jail. I don't like the fact that Joe is going away for the murder and Tom's getting away free. I know he's just a 12-year-old boy. But if you brought it to court, Joe wouldn't do as severe a time in prison as he will when he's convicted of murder or manslaughter or whatever they want to call it. And if it was revealed that Tom was the killer, being only 12 years old and it being an accident, he probably wouldn't be punished very much and anything that was on his record would be erased as soon as he turned of age. So now Tom has to live with the guilt of not only killing Danny, but knowing that his father is doing time for something that he himself had done. And I'm not sure if Ellie is going along with it more to protect Tom or to get back at Joe. It's the whole question she asked Sue coming back at her. How could she not have known? And she can't forgive herself for living in the household with Joe if he was having feelings like that towards Danny. So I think she's doing this more to punish Joe than it is to save Tom. I didn't really care for the kind of cliffhanger they left us with, with Carver finally deducing that Tom was the killer and not Joe and realizing what happens and then he's going after Ellie because we're left wondering what's going to happen here. And just because she didn't answer her phone doesn't mean he's not going to get a hold of her. He knows what hotel she's staying at. He's going to talk to her somehow. So we're left in the dark and I didn't appreciate that. You're not left in the dark, you're left with your imagination. His imagination is probably pretty dark. Oh, yeah. Now that you mention it, he does live in the great white North. So what else are you left with? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. How would you, okay, let's say that, that you're a Fox executive. Okay. And you are a hundred percent sure that there is not going to be a season two. Uh huh. How would you change the ending of the show? It would be just like we did with, with revolution. 
you know didn't see revolution i know you didn't but the the what it ended up being the series finale for revolution would have been perfect if not for the last 30 seconds which they could have just pulled and shown one more ad it would have resolved great i would have liked to have seen them do that on revolution here um i i'm not nearly as critical of the ending here i think it's fine the way it ended i wasn't at, i wasn't you know real settled with it at first but you know if you wanted to be fully resolved and happy you know happy hopey ending just cut out the uh go out with the bonfire yeah go out with the bonfire that's it yep what do you think do you agree yeah or take the whole tom story part out of it okay maybe i don't know maybe i mean because there's still going to be something unresolved Oh, sure. Uh, I guess. I guess you look at Well, yeah. I mean, you can look across the board at the town. Last time we saw Susan Wright, she's, you know, leaving she's town. Walk, leaving town. Oh, what, well, is there no, going to no, be no. any? No, no, no. That, that's not what I meant. I okay. just meant there, there's still unknowns as to how, how Ellie is going to deal with it. Right. There is. And now there's unknowns how Ellie and Carver are going to deal with it. And now there's an unresolved conflict. Whereas most of the conflicts in the show have already wrapped up. They did a pretty good job wrapping up all the conflicts mm-hmm. in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are there really any outstanding conflicts left? Well, Ellie's sister, we don't know what's going to happen with her. Now if Ellie's out of town, you know. Yeah, it's not really a conflict, though. I don't know that we really care about that either. And we don't, right? Yeah. She, she was meant to bring in a one crucial piece of mm-hmm. evidence, I think, yeah. at the end. Yeah. All right, let's all talk right. about the Twitter poll question that we had this week, it. which was... How satisfied are you with the ending? We've seen a lot of feedback already come in that has kind of answered that question, but we got some tweets too. That's right. Uh, Jimmy Olsen Blue says, I did not feel the 10 episodes properly set the dramatic tone. Too many red herrings, too many characters. Now, here's what, let's go back to that. I don't understand that because if 10 episodes didn't set the dramatic tone, how can you say that there were too many red herrings, too many characters? Because if it had gone on for, let's say, 20 episodes, now you've got more red herrings and more characters. Mm-hmm. Right? You would think so. Yeah. Particularly the red herring part. And if you want if you want something a little bit different, I would suggest watching The Killy. The Killy. The Killing. Killing. The Killing mm-hmm. for Jimmy Olsen Blues. It's a much longer season. Very similar structure. Mm-hmm. Red herrings, they, they, they do stretch it out. Um, they spent a lot more time dealing with the emotional aftermath of the family. Okay. Um, which... I would have liked to have seen more of that here. I didn't. I thought they they got it out. We got the picture mm-hmm. perfect. And if they had done it, it would have been sorrow porn, for lack of a better term. Okay. You know? Okay. <laughs> That's a new word or a new combination of words. Uh, okay. Uh, Jimmy Olsen Blues goes on to say, I felt the ending of this episode lost pace with the beginning reveal of a confession. Hmm, okay. With the beginning reveal of a confession. All right. Um, Doctor's Coffee Cup says, completely satisfied, except for the fact that there apparently won't be a season two. Again, that's not really clear at this point. Yeah. Hashtag left hanging. I like it. Um, Hades Noramaki says, I should have known Anna Gunn's number one at my Nebuchadnezzar's hubby's a criminal. Must protect the kids scenes. That's true. That's true. That should have been a hint. <laughs> uh, Yogamon says, not satisfied. Didn't like the creepy crush motive. Uh, wasn't truly earned. I, I, yeah, I can see that point yeah. for sure. Um, 
And Yogoban says, also, I'm not going to bother watching Broadchurch now. Mm. Um, Lemonai says, moderately satisfied, negative, too few clues to the true solution, positive, consistent theme. Overall, too tragic for me. Yeah, it was really tragic. It was very tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost Frenchie says, eh, blah. It was predictable during the last few episodes. Best thing in the finale, Gun's acting. We finally got to see why she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Sally Atticum says, um, I'm satisfied enough with the tidy Grace Point finale. Made Anna's version of Ellie more logical. Plenty of clues led to the reveal. Mm. Interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, Zeppelin Driver says, disliked the episode 10 reveals of Joe's behavior. Love the fade out with Carver turning to work and its implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe in Wisconsin says, didn't like the ending. Had hoped that Raymond would be linked to Rosemont. And that's how we had details on both murders. Mm-hmm. That, that would have been, been cool. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Tanger 14 says, really like the end surprised by the third go of the abuse angle. Uh, but I should have expected it. Yeah. Uh, Jenkins Rose says, very satisfied, well acted, good plot. Carver's expression at the end left no doubt as what he would do to follow. Yeah. Mark from Solo Talk Media says, I'm not 100% satisfied. I'm still convinced it's Vince. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> he says, uh, uh, we're not told what will happen now that Carver has figured it out or what the townsfolk think. Um, Sherry Sup says, I thought the ending of Grace Point was brilliant, but I'm now dying to see Grace Point season two. And finally, Mary J76 says, I'm a little disappointed by the Grace Point ending. I found myself looking at the TV saying, that's it? <laughs> you know, I kind of did the same thing at the end, and then they rolled credits. I was like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I did only because it was like, oh, they just set us up, and I don't think we're going to get a, anything to follow through with it on. All right, Daryl. So we have to give our listeners uh-huh. and ourselves a okay. score on the prime suspect poll. A score? What do you mean? Like, how well did you do over the season on the prime suspect poll? I think I did pretty good. Except, well, I, you could go either way, right? I had Tom marked off my list pretty early on, which was a mistake. But I had Joe pegged pretty early on too, and I felt I felt like there was a lot of payoff with that. So. I don't know. You score me. What do you think? I think you were an abysmal failure. (laughs) I take that back. I'll score myself. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, You know, you crossed off Tom, like you said, two or three episodes in. Yeah. He's sitting at, he's currently sitting from last week at number 13, crossed off the list. And you did have Joe pretty, pretty high on the list. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a 30%. Oh, wow. I would have scored myself higher. You have Tom number one and Joe number three, so you're you're batting pretty good there. Yes. 80%. All right. I'll take 80. What? You've got Paul at number two. I've got to discount you for that. Okay. Who killed Danny Solano? Tom. Okay. And who is sitting in my number one spot? Tom. Okay. Thank you. That's no further questions. <laughs> The listeners had Joe number one, Tom number four. That's right. They had Joe, Paul, Vince number three Mm -hmm. as early as last week, and then Tom number four. Yeah. So, and these are our last week's numbers. We didn't we didn't update it this week because it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do you score the listeners? I give them a. I'm going to give them a sixty percent. 
Your scoring systems make no sense to me. Yeah. So I just wanted to say in your face, listeners, and in your face, Daryl. <laughs> All right. All right. Well. All right. Is, this has been fun. So we have a couple of things. First of all, stick with us. There will be a bonus episode available mm-hmm. for download very shortly where we compare Grace Point, Grace Pointe, Pointe to Broadchurch. Get <laughs> um, your Scottish accents yeah. ready, folks. And we're not going to talk, you know, about the whole series. We're just going to talk a little bit about the Broadchurch series as it relates to the Grace Point finale. Yeah, we'll kind of do some comparison things, uh, some things we noticed that were the same that we liked, yep. different that we liked, yep. and that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, we will be revealing who the killer was in Broadchurch. So it is, it is, it a, is a spoiler. spoiler. So if you don't want to listen to it, tune out now. Yep. Or, or remember it, go watch Broadchurch, which is available now on Netflix, and then and come, come back. back and listen. Yep. But that'll be the next episode. We're not it's, getting into that just yet. That's right. a completely separate episode. And there won't be time to lead feedback. Nope. Because we're so, about to record it here in just a minute. That's right. And we don't know if we're going to get a season two. So we don't know if there's going to be room for another podcast for this show. Um, but we would encourage you, if you enjoyed the the series mm-hmm. or possibly season, you can leave us personal feedback at Golden, Spir- Golden Spiral Media. It's only been that for like six years. GoldenSpiralMedia.com slash feedback. You can email us using the page. Just use uh, Grace Point as the feedback, or you can find us on. I almost said Petapipe again. <laughs> I don't think I want to do that. Yeah, you can find us on Bonfire Pipe. Nice. And uh, just go ahead and light off, light the fire mm-hmm. in your feedback. Um, you can also call us at three zero four eight three seven two two seven eight. Yep, that's three zero four eight three seven. 2278. Again, no deadline. Um, I would encourage you, if you want to engage other watchers of the show, to go check out our Facebook page. So much going on. There's a lot going on there, especially right now. The conversation will be continuing over there. That's right. And uh, yeah. And you know, we've got so many great podcasts here at Golden Spiral Media. We've got somewhere around 13, 12, um, 15, I don't know, podcasts going right now. Some of them are on winter break and stuff. But lots of stuff going over there. GoldenSpiralMedia.com slash podcasts. Um, and Clint and I will be doing something. We haven't decided yet. We'll do something else together though. We've been podcasting since 2008 together. So, Oh my goodness. Has it been that long? It's been that long, man. Yep. Daryl, r- real quick, two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon guys, you got a few precious days to take, take advantage of that prime shipping for all of your Christmas needs. I haven't even started my Christmas shopping really, uh, this year. So go to goldensparrowmedia.com slash Amazon bookmark mm-hmm. that as your, as your Amazon bookmark and then use that to do your shopping. We'll get a tiny cut, sign up for prime membership. It is absolutely worth it. hundred percent. I can say that uh, without any reservations, go out there and sign up for it. They're running a thing, Daryl, where you can download grace point and burn it onto CDs. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Who would do that uh, when it comes out. So, Something you can pre-order, I think. Maybe now. I don't know. I don't know how that works. All right, man. I think that's time to put a bow tie on this one. That's right. That is right. Because, you know, bow ties are cool. Bow ties are cool. All right. Well, Clint, great podcasting with you. Looking forward to doing one more episode with you. And until next time, 
think I'm going to go uh, check the uh, door frames around my house, make sure all the nails are uh, punched in properly. It's a good idea. And until next time, 